Hello, everyone on YouTube and Twitch. Welcome to Absolute Comics, the show that we host every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash comicstory and on the Comic Story and Podcast Network, where we basically chat about all the news and stuff coming out of the industry. But sometimes we have great guests, such as Scott Snyder. You guys may know him from Batman uh, before and during New 52, from Noctera, his most recent indie book that's kind of making the Twitter rounds. Um, Witches is a huge one that he's done. American Vampire is another big one you might know. Uh, I'm trying to think of it, how many I can pull off the top of my head. <laughs> Testing. Testing. Justice League. You did yeah. Justice League? Yeah. Yeah. Metal. Metal. Right. De- yeah, death metal. Why did I forget death metal and DC metal? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have Justice League and Batman. It's like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So today he just wants to chat with us about some of his new projects. He's got a whole thing going on with Comixology. He's got a whole thing going on where he's teaching you how to become a writer. Uh, oh no! Well, first of all, it's great to be back with you guys. I feel like it was my fault. Like I, I always bother Sal and Benny and be like. I want to talk to you more. I want to talk to you more. And then like the baby will get sick and I can't come on or whatever. And so I'm literally in my yard because the baby is napping. My wife is in there watching him. Um, but I, I'm thrilled to be back. And yeah, we have like a couple things that are going on right now that I'm like over the moon about. One is I've been teaching this class. We've only done one so far, even though we've been um, uh, hyping it for a while um, through Substack. And it's Comic Writing 101. So it's, it really is like kind of a class if you've ever wanted to take uh, uh, any kind of class on writing, not just comic writing, but fiction or screenwriting or playwriting. It's really kind of storytelling 101 where for me, when I was growing up, I mean, there weren't a lot of comic writing class. I was just on a panel right before this for um, like a recorded panel for New York Comic Con with Brian Bendis. And we were both talking about the same thing because he teaches as well. And I think both of us come at it from the angle of thinking about how there were no comic classes when we were kids, you know, it was all about, you know, how do you write the great American novel or how do you write a, you know, screenplay. And so those of us who wanted to be in comics kind of cobbled it together from a lot of lessons from different things. And now, like the way I think about comic writing is that it it really does require sort of a knowledge of all these other kinds of writing to make it. Um, to, to, to make it work well, because it's, it, it, it is something where you have to have a really strong sense of what you're doing like a novel. You have to have like a really good compass where you're writing something that you believe in and you know back to front. But it also is something like screenwriting where you have to give a lot of room to the other people you're working with, the director or whatever. So you're giving them bare bones. At the same time, it has to be a little bit organic where you're going back and forth like playwriting. And so one of the fun things about the class is that we bring in all this interdisciplinary stuff from looking at movies, looking at screenplays, looking at, you know, fiction, um, with a primary focus on looking at comics, both classics and new things, um, and talking about how you master these different techniques from characterization, you know, plot conflict versus emotional conflict, cliffhangers, like you know, month by month, we really go through different craft lessons. So this one coming up is one of my favorites. It's all about voice, about finding your voice, how to apply, you know, what it is that you um, have discovered about the book you're writing um, to the techniques that you're going to use in that book. uh, uh, Project to project, we look at Dark Knight Returns and Monstrous. I walk you through how I, you know, did Death of the Family. And we look at a bunch of stuff. So if you've ever wanted to take a writing class, Wednesday night, I do it live from my local comic shop. They're great. They're all like, you know, they all hang out, have some beers. We have a great time. Uh, Fourth World Comics in Smithtown, New York. Uh, sign up. It's, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you the link through my Substack. stack. Uh, but, you know, it, one of the great joys for me over the years has been, has been teaching. And this has been like the pinnacle where I feel like I found a format where it's affordable and it reaches the most people and it allows me the most time also to kind of go through the topics in a in a real comprehensive way. So I love it. So that's one thing. And then the second thing. Uh, I wanted to say about your class yeah. real quick. So I've actually signed up for it myself when you promoted it. And I thought you were doing them every Wednesday and I kept missing them. I didn't realize you'd only officially done the first one that I listened to. Yeah. So I just thought, like, okay, well, he only put out the one, and crap, I keep missing the Wednesday lessons. <laughs> no, no, well, I, I, if I did it every week, my wife would murder me, first of all. But secondly, okay. 
I feel I thought like, it was weekly. That's why I was no, like, I can't miss it. I keep missing it because of my <laughs> wife. Like, <laughs> well, I, I post stuff. I post stuff regularly to give like teaching tips and to, to, okay. to give advice. But I want it to be something that like, I mean, here's the thing, like Benny, like when I was coming up as a writer, you know, we, we were broke, you know, my wife and I, like we, I, I, I mean, she was a medical student. I mean, she was going to medical school. I was like in debt from MFA writing school. And I remember what it was like to, to want instruction and yet have no time in your life. And so what I wanted with the class was for it to be something that was really adaptable where, you know, you could look forward to it once a month. If you subscribe, you can get all the previous classes or the tips or all that stuff that you want, but not to have it be something that requires like a really, you know, rigorous or time commitment for people that have lives outside like you guys. I mean, you have like a huge following on all this stuff. Like if I said to you, Ben, you have to be there two hours every single Wednesday night or every single Thursday, it's too much, right? You know, yeah. Sal, like, so for me, it's more like making I something that's making a weekly Dungeons and Dragons game. <laughs> right? I, I, I have trouble with my own thing. So I feel like it's more like giving people the option to buy in and be like, you know, you can take a writing class and I, I'm going to give you the best advice I can. And I really, the, the the compass of it or the North Star of it is that I deeply believe like, and I mean this on my kids, like I always wanted to do it, but I did not have a natural aptitude for it. You know, it, I was, I didn't even, I went to a college where like I went there because they had a writing program and I didn't get into the writing program until like my last year basically there. Like I was not the great writer, you know, coming up, but it's something that if you want to learn it, you can learn it and you can learn it to competency to, to be able to do it in some capacity, whether or not you're doing it professionally or you're just doing it for yourself in a way you feel proud of, you know, you can do that. And my job as a, as a writer or as a teacher, I mean, is to provide a class that applies to people that are experts. And I have people in the class that are working writers you know, in comics. And then I have people that are just starting out. And the fun is to be able to provide lessons that have this whole scope and be like, you know, here, here's what I wish I had as a kid and as a writer who was coming up when I was terrified on detective comics and didn't know what I was doing and did like 19 panels a page and had to have jock be like, you can't do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> all of it. I'm just picturing these tidy little panels as you try to fit them all in. <laughs> oh, he slapped me down a couple of times where I was like, and then, you know, you want to draw every Batmobile. He's like, we don't do that. Like, you don't <laughs> we don't do that. Like, no upside. And then one of the jokes, like in death of the family, I gave, he, he was doing the backups and in um, black mirror, I had this one thing that was all these horses. And he was like, artists, it's this weird secret, but artists hate drawing horses. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that animal, but they do not like it. And so in Death of the Family, as like a joke, I gave him an upside down horse where they were carrying <laughs> that horse and you can go find it. But no, I mean, I needed a lot of a lot of uh, instruction as I was coming up. And I, I, I talk about that in the class as by way of saying, like, it's a work in pro it's a collaborative, fun, you know, rough and tumble kind of process to be a comic writer. And the joy with the class is to be able to say to people like, it's not pretentious. It's just, let me show you what I, what I know. It's like carpentry or plumbing or here are the tools. Like here is how you use narration. Here are the different effects of narration. Now you understand that tool. You can use that however you want. Here are the different, you know, effects of, um, uh, of, uh, you know, characterizing through action, like through showing or telling. Now you decide, is it a story where, you want to hold someone's hand and bring them in. Well, then you do telling. No, you know, it's not that kind of story. It's this. So my goal is to be able not to judge what kind of story you do, what you're writing, whether it's a story I would read, but instead provide you with like all the tools to be able to go say, I want to tell this story. And I feel confident looking at that kind of wall of, of, of craftsmen, you know, appliances. Yeah. Now I can say, Yes, I use first-person narration, and I do it this way, and I do world-building, and I do this, and my, you know, my, my inciting incident will happen here, and all that stuff. So that's yeah. what I love.
there's so I mean, many different oh. aspiring writers who want to express themselves, whether they want to do it as a professional or as they want to do it just to kind of get their own voice out there or just out of themselves and onto something that's tangible. And so often they're uh, tripped up by the mechanics or the uh, just the structure. They're like, I can't be a writer. I never went to school. I never took these classes. I never did that, this, that, other thing. All these excuses. You take away all the excuses. You burn them away by making, by yeah. giving people the tools, like you said, to just be able to get their voice out there, which I think is one of the most important aspects of a class like this. Yeah, and not not to get too like on the couch or personal about it, but like our neighbor, you know, like his son is is best friends with my son, who's ten, right? He's amazing guy. Uh, he he was a, a first responder at nine eleven, like. And he, uh, you know, got a severance uh, from working at 9-11 for years and having tremendous lung problems. He was part of a group of like nine, nine responders who bonded together afterwards, met every year. And now he's one of only two left. Right. Yeah. And I know it's 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 heartbreaking. One of the best guys I know, Ollie. Right. And uh, he, he was like, I'd like to take the class. You know, can you? Yeah, I'm gonna sign up, and I was like, no, 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 give me your. I know your email. I'm signing <laughs> up. Like, I want to just write it for myself, like what it what it was like to feel as though you know you were doing something you believed in, and this and that, and and he's writing through a personal journey, and it has, it, it, you know, I don't know that it's something for comics or that it, he wants to do it as a comic, but that was one of the most rewarding moments of doing the class overall. Was was just having someone come and say, I want to say something for myself. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, something that's going to be a big professional hit or work for Marvel or DC. It's showing people, giving people the tools to express themselves, you yeah. know, like my, my, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but like my mother who was like, you know, like uh, took care of us forever and, and, you know, optometrist and all of it, like, when she retired, she took up painting and she does it for herself. And the joy she takes, I have all her paintings, like, you know, just for herself. That's it. Not to be a, you know, <laughs> when you, when you, when you take, when you take a class to be able to say things or do things, you know, put out there in the world, things that you've been thinking about or feeling, that's the joy. And that, that's what comics is about. It's why I got into it. It's why I think most people get into it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going for with this is not, Something where I'm trying to sell you on, hey, I'm going to teach you the tips on how to write Spider-Man one day. Right. It's more like, let me give you all the was tools. That, was that a hint at Spider-Man coming from you very soon? That... <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I, I would write Spider-Man one day. I'm sure I'll go to Marvel one day and, and do, you know, Wolverine or whatever. But, you know, with the class, it really is like, it's wanting to provide people a, a, a kind of forum to, to, to learn from me, but also from each other. You know, because there's a Discord and this whole kind of setup where they can, you know, share work with each other. Um, how to refine their own stuff to make it something they're proud of for themselves. And that's it. Like, yeah. you know, wanting wanting to provide tools and, and allow them uh, uh, the freedom to express themselves and encourage them to do that. Whatever it is they want to say, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason I've signed up for your class, actually. Because I mean, obviously, I'm doing. I've I've got the whole YouTube thing, and I've got the podcast stuff going, and everything. But I, I've always liked the idea of, of writing my own comic or doing my own project. But it's never been an idea of like, oh, I want to write a comic and become like big and famous in the comic book industry. <laughs> it's just I want to write a comic, it, whether it be for me, whether it be for uh, you know for my friends to read or whatever I want to do. It's just it's just a dream I have, regardless of trying to get famous off it or any of that stuff. I I just want to be able to write it competently. Mm -hmm. And so the big reason, and there's two reasons I've wanted to do that. And one was for truly just a personal passion. I like to do stuff like Dungeons and Dragons, and I really like creating a narrative for my players. And so part of the reason I signed up for your class was to be able to tell that narrative better, to make it more engaging than just me going, all right, you all meet in a tavern, like every right. other person <laughs> who wants to do that. So part of the reason I signed up for your class was just to be able to competently write a comic, even if it's just for me, and tell a better narrative in my, my storytelling with Dungeons and & Dragons and stuff like that. So well, I get entirely it. what you're talking about. It's not, it's not to become the next big DC writer. It's just for fun. Because yeah, it's, it's, the whole, it's the whole spectrum. I mean, my, again, like my, when I was coming up to, I mean, my goal was never to be the next big DC writer. You know, I mean, I... I, I, like I, I wound up kind of falling into 
like down a series of rabbit holes, I think with DC, which, you know, I'm so grateful for, but like, you know, I, I, all I wanted to do is be able to write my own little stuff and then maybe get a crack at like one Batman story, like once, you know, in a blue moon. Yeah. So it, it would, I think most people approach writing with that in mind, you know, and if you're approaching it to be like, well, I want to be the next big thing, you know, I think once you start doing it, your priorities change and you realize that the real reward from writing is saying something that you care about, whether it's for yourself or for your kids or whatever it is, you know, and you do it and then you see like the joy is that it's like, you know, running or any, any, anything that you start doing for yourself and you realize like, it's not to lose weight or to get, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the actual thing you do as you know, it's the actual experience of it that makes it something joyful. And that, that's what the class is about. It's about saying, do it for yourself, you know, do it because you want to say something, even if nobody reads it just for you that you have like that, because once you start writing and you, you be, once you get beyond the veil of like, Oh, I want to be Frank Miller. Or I want to be Mike, you know, Mignola, like, and you start doing it, like you sit and you write, you realize like what you're trying to do is communicate with other people and connect on something. Mm whatever it is, whether it's like you're creating a world that you wish was the world that we lived in and you're doing it as this kind of escapist thing, whether you're telling a memoir, whether you're saying something political, whatever it is, like you're trying to connect. And once you accept that, the class is all about just giving you the tools to do whatever it is that you want to do writing wise and connect with other people, both, you know, in the, in the literal sense of, you know, having people there in the class that are commenting and that are there in the discord or just, you know, in the more metaphorical way of being like giving you the tools to be able to craft a story that's going to reach more people because you understand, you know, using this technique means it's going to have this effect and therefore I will not use that for this because it's wrong for my story and so on. So it there's no ego, there's no like, you know, let me tell you the secrets of how to become the next Batman writer. You know, it's not that. <laughs> it really is just like, let me give you the class I wish I had when I was 15 years old and, you know, like write a story for yourself. Even if you just do it for you, write about your mom, write about like, you know, the, the thing that, you know, happened to you, you know, when you were, you know, when you were playing baseball and whatever, and you still haven't gotten over it because that ass that this, you know, like, all, like yeah. whatever it is, like just write about it for yourself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're, it sounds to me like what you're trying you're trying to help people find a passion in writing as opposed to like you said going all right here's the ticket this is the next Batman writer this is what DC wants here you go you're helping people with their passion with what they want to do and the stories they want to tell instead of what what would make the money you know well and what I tell them like when they get to if they like want to take the class and then get to the you know like the next kind of like Yoda level of it is that that's really how you do it. If you want to be the next, like, you know, like the people that we all look up to, I think, you know, from the, you know, all the, the greats, what they do is they're writing for themselves. Like, you know, when I write court of owls, I'm not writing it to be like, how do I write the Batman story? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm writing it because it's literally about a moment in my life where I felt totally incompetent, because of the history of Batman and I didn't know I was going to be writing Bruce Wayne. I thought I was going to be writing Dick Grayson and they were like, here's Batman number one and now <laughs> all the legacy. And so you, you say to yourself, how do I create a story that encapsulates every terror I'm feeling and have Batman make me brave in that, in that situation. And that's why it was like, well, the history of Batman is what's scaring me. The history of suddenly being in a position where I'm confident after having done Detective Comics, but I'm thrown into this thing where it's like all the stories of Gotham of the past are way better than anything I could write. How do I weaponize that against Batman? Well, Court of Owls, like that's, you know, and Death of the Family is like we were pregnant with our second kid who's 10 now, like, you know, and it was like, how do I write a story about the fear of, a family making you not as good as you can be while knowing that deep down they make you better than you could be. That's death of the family. And writing what you're going through, what you feel is the way to write a great story. Not that my stuff is great. I'm just saying 
I have followed that compass, whether or not I've succeeded, doesn't matter. I, I pre, I like, I'm teaching you what I try to do myself. And I show you through my own stories as we're taking the class. I mean, like I said, I'm using death of the family. I use zero year next month. Like just to say like, this is, I, I try to do what I'm saying to you is the, you know, is the right way to approach it, which is right. What, what you feel, what you care about, what, what's bothering or terrifying you at this moment that's how you write something great, whether or not it's through Batman or through your own stuff or whatever, what you hope for, what you fear, all of that. Like that's, that's how these writers that we, you know, and, and creators that we, you know, uh, uh, look up to made these great, these amazing works was they were vulnerable. Like they, they put themselves on the page in a way that's really exposed and, and frightening, you know, for them. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just taking it in. It's very yeah, it's I very mean, it's, it's very it's, interesting because like it's it really um it's just very inspiring because it's one of those things where um because you mentioned the tools earlier, but now it's about cracking through because there's a lot of like everybody has some story or a thousand stories. They all have something inside of them, and they just need to crack through that barrier uh, to yeah. entry that they imagine is there uh, to get their voice out. You know, some people are. You know, really self-conscious, and they don't feel qualified. I, I knew I knew a guy, uh, father, um, back when I was a kid, who wrote science fiction stories. He probably wrote like thirty or forty like science fiction stories, and he comes from a medical background. Has all these, and we heard about it because he had mentioned that he likes to do that, and is very George McFly, where he's like, "Oh, I don't let anyone read my stories," you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> But he did at least have the confidence and the the feeling of like of of satisfaction to tell those stories, and even if they just you know fall apart to dust in his attic, he felt he had that 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 confidence to write that story, and that's something that this class could afford. It's like something that's like just giving you just giving you that extra that extra little oomph to say yeah. Well, you know, and again, like to your point, Sal, like it doesn't have to be something that you know mines the depths of your heart in some crazy way. It's no. that. It's showing you that whatever it is you have to say, whether it's something that you just want to do for fun or it's because here's the thing, like people always talk about escapist work and say, oh, there's no, you know, it's all political. It is, but it's not, it's not a culture war thing of like whether or not escapist work is political or not. To me, what it is, is if you wrote it, you have something you're saying. And so even the most, you know, like fantastic stuff like Star Wars has morals it has things that somebody wants to impart to you and say like even like the dumbest stuff that my kids watch it's saying to them this is what's right and this is what's wrong right so whatever it is that you're writing if you believe in it and you want to create it you care about it even if it's saying like you know even if you think you're saying to yourself i'm just escaping the world well the world you're creating is itself you know, stands in opposition to the world that exists. Exactly. Which means like, do it exactly the way you want, make it escapist, Mm -hmm. but understand that you're, it's personal and it matters. Like what you're creating isn't just, you know, tissue paper. Like you're creating something that if people love it and they find it like Harry Potter or whatever, it means that they're finding value in the same things you are that, you know, kids that are bullied or kids that, you know, no one thinks about maybe are the heroes and all of those things. Like, so whatever it is you're writing has value is the point. Like if it, if it keeps you up at night, if it's something that kind of itches at the back of your brain, it's worth doing, you know, because somebody else believes the same thing you do, whatever that is. And my job as a teacher, again, and I, I say this over and over in the class is not to impart my taste on the class and say, well, I don't really read romance or I don't read this or that. It's instead, and it's everybody's job in the class, if you you know participate in reading anyone else's stuff or any of that, to help them make it the best on its own terms. I give everybody kind of these four um, tenets at the beginning of the class, which are, you know, when you read something that I'm giving you, whether it's published work or if you're reading your friend's work or even if you're thinking about your own work, always start with what is this trying to do? Like, what is it about? What, what is it trying to accomplish like that? And then given that what's working really well, what's, 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 um, you know, excelling. And then 
number three, what's not working so well given what it's trying to do? Yeah. And then number four, how do, how do we make it better given what it's trying to be in that way? So all of it starts from accepting what this person is trying to write, embracing that, and even if it's not your taste, and saying, how do I help this person make this the best thing on its own terms? And, you know, I've, I've, as a teacher, I've run into things rarely, but in class once in a while where people have very different takes than me on political subjects, on anything. My job is not to say to them, don't write that. My job is to help them make it the most effective story possible, given what they want to say and let them put it out in the world for whatever reaction it might get. You know, as yeah. a reader, I might have a different reaction as a teacher. But so as a as a teacher, though, that's what I love is getting in there and saying, how do I help you in your journey make this w exactly what you want to say? You know, how, how do I help you make this an expression of, of the thing that matters to you? And that that's what I love about it. And it keeps me young on a selfish level. I, that's what Bendis was saying on this thing right before this. And I was like, you know, I didn't want to agree, you know, <laughs> because I felt like it was like, oh, that's the secret. But like on a on a totally selfish level, it keeps you young as a writer because you, you know, you see people come in with these passions about like, and you tell them like, you got to write what you care about this, and then you have to go home and do it, or you become a hypocrite. You know? Yeah, I love it too. I love I, it. Sorry, I've been so quiet. I'm just taking in. You're partaking so much information here. I feel like the class <laughs> that I missed is like, all right, well, you know what? I'll just do this monthly discussion with Scott, and he'll give me everything I missed. Wait till you see tomorrow <laughs> for anyone listening, like. Tomorrow, I'm going to walk you through the first page of Dark Knight Returns and show you how the whole book is there, like literally encapsulated in the first page and monstrous to all this stuff. Like, we're going to have a blast. I did like my homework and I'm ready to go. I was like ready <laughs> to go. And then I did more homework and I was like, I'm also going to bring in this and we're going to look at the opening of Freaks and Geeks and we're going to look at this. And so there's all kinds of shit that I'm going to bring in and surprise you with. But. Well, that answers a lot of the question. We've had quite a few people asking when the next class is going to be, when should they sign up? So I've been linking in the, the Substack link this whole time. Yeah, um, yeah. And just to be clear to everybody, like you can sign up anytime and then you can get all the classes that we've done in the past. There's only one so far. So <laughs> sign up. But, um, but you do send a lot of information out. I will say that. Being a, being a member of your Substack, I do see quite a few of the newsletters coming across and what's happening and being up to date. So it's not like you did the one class and then went dark for a month. Right. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I have, like, too many things to say. I actually have I have this assistant, Tyler, who's, like, he was uh, Will Dennis's assistant, and he's, like, he's literally, like, 22. I love him. He stays at my house on the night of uh, the classes and, uh, on a, like, on an air mattress in the studio and that stuff, and he's the best guy in the world. And I'm always like, you know, to him, I'm like, hey, what if we do this, this, and this, and this, this? And he's like, just keep it to the two posts a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Can you do this? Can we do that? You know, like, so no, there will always be at least two posts, but probably more. I love the Substack format. I really enjoy it. I mean, you know, I feel like being at DC for 10 years, I, I got to do everything I wanted and I'm so proud of what we did and where they are. Like now it's time for me to be able to, you know, invite other people in and, 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 and with the work I'm doing at Comixology as well, which I feel bad. I haven't, I haven't talked about yet, but I, I should, you know, the whole goal of that, of best jacket and what we're doing is to, to now kind of, you know, spread our wings and, and take some risks, risks and do books that you might not expect from us. And the same way with the teaching, it's about inviting new people in and then meeting the moment when I say to, students you have to try new things and take you know write the thing you care about do the same thing for me instead of writing the hundredth batman story that i know i could do instead of that or going to do wolverine right now do do something that might be a little weirder which you i'm gonna get wolverine on the brain don't you i would love to see you write wolverine <laughs> i will i will one day i have like i have like five wolverine stories i got like I have this story about like Wolverine, Captain America, and Ghost Rider that I've, I I literally pitched to CB Sabolsky like ten years ago. That I it's like it's evolved and become like this thing in my mind that I have to do one day about like these characters that uh, ride motorcycles. You know, <laughs> well, they do ride motorcycles and smoke cigars, and they're but Black Widow is a part of it also, and she well she rides a motorcycle too. But like the whole thing is um, about characters that have kind of 
survived different eras throughout the 20th century, but also don't quite know what happened to them right. in different ways. And so it's this mystery that kind of culminates in now and has all to do with all this stuff. So anyway, but the point is... Um, <laughs> Comicsology. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to get to write that story for Best Jacket. So how about the Comicsology <laughs> Best Jacket deal? <laughs> yes. Well, let, let's talk about that because it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of what I'm doing over the next two years. So for anyone that doesn't know... Um, I had like a bunch of indie books that I was working on, creator-owned books, but one with Greg Capullo and John Glapian, who inked us on Batman Forever, and um, uh, Dave McKaig, uh, who colored uh, American Vampire. We were talking about doing a book called We Have Demons for a long time. And uh, it's all about a girl who discovers that her father, who she thought was this kind of, you know, mousy unitarian preacher was actually this demon hunter um and was part of this huge conspiracy that has to do with why we see all these ufos nowadays all this stuff um but that he was he was kind of the the indiana jones of that world um that we we had this like giant you know story that we wanted to do and so we started working on it and similarly i had a story with francis manipal called clear it's about a future where you connect to the internet neurologically and then you can kind of skin everything the way that you want. Like, so the superstructure of the world stays the same, but you use these things called veils to be able to see the world, you know, in whatever filter you want. So if you want to see like 1940s glamour, you want to see porn, you want to see manga, whatever you want, like that's how it's skinned. Um, I had that book going. And then I had this book with Francesco Francavilla that we've been teasing for two years called Night of the Ghoul. It's about a young guy, um, a young father who um, is working, uh, digitizing old films and comes across the remnants of a film that was supposed to be destroyed in the 1940s in this fire that was like the greatest horror movie of all time called Night of the Ghoul, this old black and white universal film. And, uh, and he goes and he finds the, the, the writer-director who's still alive in hospice care to interview him about what happened to this film and as he's interviewing him, it intercuts with the, the fragments of the film and the interview. And you realize the ghoul is real. The ghoul is alive. And like, it's this horrifying kind of like nightmare. It's one of the darkest books I've ever written, but it's, it's really bad. We're, That's saying uh, a lot. Cause you've written a lot of dark stuff. I love it, but you've written some dark this one, stuff. <laughs> this one is, it, it literally like, I, I could tell you moments from it and it'd be like, you know, like police come get me. Like it's bad. Like, <laughs> Really, I wanted it to be something where it's like the ghoul, because the monster, not to get too into the weeds, but like the ghoul, what it is, it's supposed to be responsible for all the other classic monsters that we know, vampires and mummies. And it's the god of plague and and uh, pestilence. And it's this beast, that it's this creature that hides in a human host and over the course of a hundred years creates different plagues until it creates like the final plague that will wipe out most of civilization. Okay. Okay. And so the different things that's created over the years, blood diseases and, you know, uh, neurological infections have, have made the, these myths about zombies and vampires and all this stuff. And so it's like the original monster. And when he, when the guy, the main character, Forrest, he goes to interview the director, the director who's on hospice care at this rest home is like, well, the ghoul is here tonight and it's about to release this plague. And so it, it begins this like really horrifying night, this claustrophobic night of terror. So those are the first three books um, that I'm doing at Comixology. And then they'll come out from Dark Horse in print also in the spring so five months after they come out in um uh digital but they come out in digital um in october so they're doing this whole promotion called scotttober which i'm <laughs> embracing i'm embracing it scotttoberfest that's the party i'm inviting you guys to in in new york it's gonna be great we're gonna have open bar it's gonna be great but um the first three books come out October 5th is we have demons, this big ass book with Greg Capullo. It's our first creator owned. Go buy it. If you like anything we've ever done, this is better. I promise it's like metal and Batman and all that stuff rolled up in one and spawn. So it's like, uh, <laughs> just throw spawn in there. <laughs> well, it is. It's like demons and monsters and like evisceration, and all the shit. Um, so it's October 5th is we have demons. October 12th, a week later, is Clear, the book with Francis Manipal, which is, like, again, one of the best things I've done. 
And then October 19th is Night of the Ghoul with Francesco. And and, uh, October 26th is a preview of the books we're going to do in the spring. So you get like the first pages of Canary, which I'm doing with Dan Panosian. It's a Western about this uh, mine that collapses and this guy that's called upon to investigate the mine collapse and secretly all these people that should have been dead a long time ago seem to be alive still in the mine. He doesn't know why. And it's this horror story about what might've been found down there. Um, and then, um, barnstormers, it's a historical fiction that has a lot to do with this moment in time, uh, with Lisa, with a uh, Tula Lote. I'm really proud of that one. And then, uh, Dudley Dotson and the forever machine, which is a YA book I'm doing with uh, Jamal Eigel about a kid that discovers the fragments of a perpetual motion machine created by Daedalus back in the day um, in the present tense. So those are the next three books. And the final two ones are um, uh, Duck and Cover by Raphael Albuquerque and Me, which is about a nuclear exchange that happens in like 1956 uh, and kids that hide under their desks, like in the old, you know, PSA videos survive. So it's all these kids that like hit under their desks and there was this like, giant nuclear war suddenly like find themselves alive and well in this obliterated America. Um, and Book of Evil, which is the final one with Jock, which is about uh, a future in which like 99 plus per, uh, percent of the population are born sociopaths. And uh, it's about a bunch of kids like Stand By Me style because you um, you discover whether or not you're going to be a sociopath, which everybody is, when you become like 13, 14, when you hit adolescence. Um, a bunch of kids, like five kids, that decide to try and find a refuge for themselves before they turn into these monsters that everybody else is. So, And it's written, it's part prose and part um, graphic illustration. So really happy with it. Um, those are the books I'm doing with Comixology between now and the end of 2022, they come out from Dark Horse, like, again, five, six months after they come out digitally. But if you subscribe to Comixology Unlimited, which you should do, not just for these books, but because they have all these amazing classics like Batman Year One and uh, Sandman and Saga and all this stuff free if you subscribe Unlimited, um, you will also get um, all these people that were my students, um, you know, uh, Mags and uh, 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 Ariella Crescentina, who I'm doing a book with. Like, there are all these new voices as well that are on Comixology Unlimited that you can get for the price of one comic a month. You'll get all of our books every single month. But We Have Demons number one starts October 5th. Clear number one starts October 12th. Uh, Night of the Ghoul starts October 19th. And they keep coming out monthly for six, you know, six months until they finish. And then the second wave of books starts. Okay. Because Barnstormers is the one I'm excited for. So I'll send it to you. Yeah. The preview is, yeah, it's good. I won't say no to that. You've you've mentioned (laughs) Barnstormers multiple times. And I've been like, that sounds like something new and exciting for me. Like, yeah, that sounds fun. So I definitely am interested in that one. (laughs) Yeah. They're all, they're all really different. I mean, not to go on and on, but like the, the goal was to, you know, take some risks and, and do some things that like lean into what you'd expect. Like we have demons is almost like embracing all the things that you, you think that we're going to do and then do them like 10 times better. Right. But then other books like barnstormers are, you know, there's no monsters. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, like Batman or whatever. It's just, it's historical fiction, but I love it. It's really it's about two young people that feel that that moment in time, like the 19 teens exists as this silent moment in between all this terrible stuff that happened in world war one. And also with the influenza pandemic and what probably is coming on the other side of the twenties boom, which is depression and all of that. And they're like, we're going to fly a plane and land in rich people, Gatsby esque parties and steal everything and take off. (laughs) It's this death mission of kind of like, fuck it all. Everything is screwed. And I'm writing it with my kids in mind, you know, with that kind of feeling of like, is there going to be something better for them? And so every book is special to me in that regard. You know, I mean it like every book is special. Yeah. Now you said uh, now when they when they kind of wrap up after the six month mark, 
Uh, are some of these limited slash minis, or are some of these intended to continue and uh, and get uh, either like issue seven or or a sequel? Oh, both. Yeah. So some of the books, like we have demons, or you know, they're conceived as ongoings, and so if people like the book and buy the book, we'll keep going. Gotcha. And uh, uh, we're we're all about it, and we have like something in place to keep it going. And then other books, like. Um, uh, Barnstormers are more of like a set story where it's it's really like you know one singular narrative. So I, I've 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 tried to kind of list them that way. So if you go to the descriptions of them, they they kind of imply what they are. You know, like Clear is a book where it um, like the 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 world that we're creating with that story itself it sort of starts and closes down with that. But it's it's conceived as a kind of Black Mirror series where what we want to do is like me and Francis want to keep doing sci-fi speculative fiction. Yeah. So if you buy the book and you like it, we'll do another one. You know what I mean? And Francesco, the same thing. It's built into the pitch for Night of the Ghoul. If you like the book and you buy it, the next monster we want to do is a banshee. And like we have it all lined up. And we have a story about why that's scary and everything. So, you know, if you support us, we'll do the next thing. So it's it's really like, yeah, it's it's really reader dependent. Right. I mean, it all sounds amazing. And so does your class and everything else that you've done. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to tackle into this, Sal? That's more of a gen- general question that's inspired by these eight titles that are coming out. Uh, and that is when you, uh, you know, you've created eight different universes now uh not 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 including the ones you've already created up until this point uh and for the record i don't know how you're keeping track of all those i have like three things i'm trying to write right now and i'm like okay well hold on i gotta put this one over here this one's gotta go in that pot yeah i'm just trying to remember what the hell i scheduled for this week as opposed to managing (laughs) at least 11 different universes but uh are there any like because it obviously you don't do a story uh let, let alone eight of them without having some like true passionate desire to see that universe fulfilled uh but are there any where you're like i love this universe but i know the story is only this big and i can only like and it breaks your heart but you know i have to stop telling that story oh yeah no no i mean like yeah i mean barnstormers is that where it's like oh but it doesn't mean that i wouldn't do another historical story with lisa but those the characters in that book have a have an end like the ending of that story doesn't really allow it doesn't mean they die it just means it doesn't really allow for a sequel to that gotcha Um, right right be hilarious if you spoiled your own ending to that book (laughs) as the death like (laughs) No, no no they don't it's not that it's it's more like it's a really, it's a complete thought. I mean, and it really is like, it's it's two kids that, you know, I mean, what happens not to spoil it is that the main the character, the the main character, the pilot, he crashes thinking that this party, he, he's like looking, he thinks that he's hoping that as he flies around the country celebrating the fact that like he learned, you know, that there was World War One and we, we did okay in it and all of this the people will pay to take a ride in an airplane and like celebrate that. And what he starts to learn is like, people don't feel great about it and they don't feel great about like, you know, the, the pandemic that just happened. They're just quiet. Right. Like now. Right. And so he finally finds this party that he thinks is for him and he crashes into it. And he kind of just, he sort of like, you know, he thinks that um, this runway is set up for him and he lands in it. You know, he kind of wrecks everything. And what he discovers is that it was a wedding and that it had nothing to do with him. And the, he, he looks over and he sees the bride like a hundred feet away being like, you destroyed my wedding. And he's like, Oh my God, what did I do? And, uh, everybody beats him up and they leave him in this barn, you know, for the next day to be picked up by the police. And he wakes up early and he goes to get his plane and he's like, I'm getting out of here before I'm arrested. And the bride is there in her wedding dress with a shotgun. And she's sort of like, you're taking me with you. Yeah. That's it. And that's the start of the story. And the, the fun of it is talking to my 14-year-old and the feelings that young people have about this sense of the world being something right now that is both completely stacked against them and something that they have to kind of make up new rules for. 
And so for that book in particular, it really is like, it's one of the most personal and important to me, but it's almost like I can only do it in that blast of like Mm -hmm. everything about it has to be, you know, this is what we're saying with this book and then out. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't do like a follow-up with Lisa and do a book that takes place in the 1940s or 50s. It's in the same spirit. Sure. That, that book itself is, is special because it's like, in and out, you know, yeah. Yeah. like you just got the story you want to tell. You don't, you don't see, you don't see a reason to make it into this giant franchise sprawling epic. You just you have one. Yeah. Good like story. house of leaves or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like banging out yeah. like fight club or that kind of thing where it's like this and out. Yeah. Like it's right, right. that thing. And so, yeah, that, that one is that. So it's there, there, it's a whole range, you know, some of them are, are really like built to be ongoing. And our hope is that people will like them and support them enough to, uh, have us keep them going and other ones are really like if you love it I hope you love it for being this kind of special thing that right. started and ended with this yeah I mean there's something to be said about stories that do have an actual ending I've, I've played many video games or read very many a lot, ton of books that I'm like alright it ended I'd love more but I feel like it would ruin what I have because the story is just so good by itself yeah I agree. I mean, like, it's finding a balance with all of it with this, where, like, you know, I I, I love all the characters so much it would take, like, a nudge to be like, actually, they're not dead. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. But um, I really, I mean, Comixology has been great about just supporting us in terms of the creative vision of each book and and um, providing a really good page rate for my co-creators and allowing us to maintain the ancillary rights. So. Right. We have the film and TV rights, so I feel so happy with the deal they gave us. And my hope is that um, what we're able to do with it is give people um, a way of reading all of our books that's affordable. I mean, same thing with the teaching. I mean, it's it really is of like one through line for me right now, and I I, I mean this sincerely. I know how hard it is. Like, I mean, I I have been there, and I am I am there in different ways. Like, but the idea that you know you're going to pick up eight books from me at four ninety nine an issue or three ninety nine an issue. I don't want that right now. And would I make more money probably doing it through traditional publishers and doing that? I probably would. Would I make more money by saying buy every single issue through Comixology and don't get a subscription? I probably would. But what I'm telling you, and I mean it sincerely, is like getting a subscription to our class and doing it for $7 a class is the cheapest thing I could figure out. And I mean it the same with like Comixology. Get a subscription to Comixology Unlimited. It's like $4.99 a month or something like that. And you'll get all of our books every month. Three For the next like two years, you'll have three books from me a month and my co-creators. And you'll have access to like these books that are way better than mine and classics and new books that are probably way better than mine. I I get surprised a lot of times by the Comixology Unlimited offerings. Like, I've seen Spider-Man on there. I've seen Batman on there. I've seen all kinds of sagas on there. They're they're all on there. And my my goal, honestly, is to be able to be, like, you know, an ambassador at this point. Like, I've lived my life in terms of being able to – well, I've, I've like, way surpassed what I've been able – like, what I hope to be able to – do sure not in terms of like achievements but just in terms of opportunity like being able to write batman and make my own stuff and so what i'm saying to anyone that wants to read a comic go out there get a subscription you know you'll find your new favorite comic then go to your store buy the collection you know what i mean same thing like you want to write a comic take the class it's just fun seven dollars a month go out there write your comic you know Go to your store. Same thing. Like right. buy stuff you love and meet other people that want to, you know, connect on this great medium that we're all a part of. That's right. Well, I mean, that's a great final sales pitch for your your class and for Comicsology Unlimited. But you, one thing you've never said in this entire thing is how do they find you on Substack? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, it's best track it. It's best my so on my studio right now. It's called best jacket with two t's uh so it's b-e-s-t and then jacket with two t's j-a-c-k-e-t-t uh press and so if you look that up you'll find our site uh that's uh you know um we have our website but as soon as you look up take class and our newsletter all of that is Substack. um but again like 
the whole goal with it is to to try and invite more people into making and reading comics. So I really hope you'll take us up on it because I think comics needs more voices and more readers. So Oh, definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> it's a good moment. Yeah. It's a good moment. I mean, I, I for one have taken the class myself. It is he's not it's, everything he says. It is and more. It is amazing. It's a lot of fun to listen in on and see what's going on. Uh, as we've said earlier in the show here, if you're just looking to just write stuff for yourself, not everything needs to be the next great big novel. You could just write stuff for yourself, which I already do, and I just want to get better at, and that's why I'm a part of that class. And like he said, he's got eight books coming out for Best Jacket over at Comixology, and you can get them all with Comixology Unlimited. A lot of people like to ask me, how do I read a lot of comics cheaply? Comixology Unlimited is one of the best options for that because you not only do you get some Marvel, some DC, but you also get a lot of great indies. And personally, as much as I love the big two, I do think indies tell better stories normally. So, because there's no restrictions. That's why. It's well, just, and, 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 <laughs> like we said earlier, it's a great moment. I mean, I feel yeah. like right now, like my kids growing up on manga, growing up on, I mean, growing up on like 15 years of like Marvel um, movies yeah. that are just terrific. You know, yeah. terrific. Oh, yeah. And and DC movies, you know, they're they're good ones as well. <laughs> movies, I like, like how Marvel you said movies. that and couldn't keep a straight face. I just have to. I, there, are I, I, there, there are plenty of DC movies I love, but I mean, like Marvel has made like exponentially more oh, yeah. movies than DC, and they've been amazing. Like, there's not a bad one in the bunch. And um, you know, my kids like they love superheroes, they love tentpole stuff. But I think the exciting thing right now is that you have a whole generation that are primed to consume entertainment through streaming, which means curating your own library, yeah. finding things that are yours, embracing like big over the top superhero content, but then doing that and then saying, well, what are my things? You know, what are my, what are my superheroes? What are my, you know, my, my um, TV shows and animated things and whatever right now that that's why I think there's such fuel behind indie comics, why image is doing so well, why vault and boom and all these things are just excelling is that there's a desire because of the way streaming has kind of changed the landscape and made people the curators of their own, you know, libraries of stuff. Um, you know, that, that there's this desire to find things that are theirs. And so both with what we're doing with comiXology and, and that stuff, but also in terms of making your own comics, like, there's a there's a huge, you know, uh, desire and hunger for new stuff right now. IP for intellectual property. You know, when I I think I said this to you before, but like when we were growing up, all of us of a certain age, there were only like some time slots that like you needed great content for yeah. like Thursday yeah. night. You know, like now it's like there's not enough. Like because people binge shit all day long, all the time on all these streaming services. So. Whatever it is that you want to write, if you love it, somebody else will love it. And there is more like need for it and more room for it. Yeah. So go out and do it. Like make your stuff. You know, there's never been a better time to make your stuff than right now. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to end this interview here. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today, Scott. This was a hugely informative podcast in general just talking to you just getting to pick your brain and discover all the stuff you got going on i really appreciate you making the time to be here today oh no it's a pleasure i, I love talking to you guys and i'm happy to do it anytime i'm sorry i'm like functioning on like little sleep and i have like the baby monitor over here like while i'm outside like looking at it hoping that the baby doesn't wake up but <laughs> i always uh i love i love getting to get on with you both and uh, i hope to do it again really soon yeah well, hopefully we can make it work and we'll see you over at new york comic-con anyway so We'll yeah, New there. York Comic Con. We'll do it. Yep. We'll, we'll, we should do like a mini thing from there. It'll be fun. Holy right? crap, that's like two and a half weeks away. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> I, know. I know. On top of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.